Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. I wanted to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So make sure you sign up for my free newsletter at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to encourage you to step into the unknown. I'll also be interviewing business expert and author Tim S. Marshall in a series of three episodes. In this first episode, Tim shares his story and wisdom as he stepped out into the unknown and overcame his fears to become the incredibly successful person he is today. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Penny the Little Penguin was hatched in a small burrow. For the first few weeks of her life, all that she knew was the small, dark space that she called home. Then her mom looked at her and said, It's time, Penny. Time for what, mom? It's time to go out there, to swim in the ocean, and to catch fish, her mom replied with a smile. But I'm so scared, said Penny. I've heard that there are seals and foxes and sharks that want to eat me. And what if I can't catch any fish? I like it in here. It's safe and warm, and it's all that I know. Why can't I stay here forever? Because you're a penguin, Penny. We don't hatch to stay hidden in burrows forever. We hatch to swim, to chase, to live. Yes, it's risky being a penguin, but that's who you are, and that's how you are meant to live. Penny hesitated for a moment and waddled towards the entrance of her burrow. Her eyes blinked as she stepped into the sunshine for the first time. She looked at her little flippers and waved them around, and she took her first steps into the ocean and swam. And she truly felt alive. Penny's dilemma is similar to our own. It's easy to find a small, dark place to spend our lives that feels safe and comfortable and devoid of risk. We know that we are meant for more, but stepping into the unknown can be so scary. What if it goes wrong? What if I fail? What if I'm not up to it? All good questions, but there's a bigger question that matters more. Ask yourself, what if I get to the end of my days and regret not leaving the safety of the burrow to live the life that I was meant to live with all the risk, the danger, and the thrill of the chase? Penny made the right decision. Will you? Stepping into the unknown. When we were children, many of us were afraid of the dark. When we would go to bed, we would often ask for our parents to turn the light on. And if they didn't, many of us would call out to them in the middle of the night to save us from the monsters that were lurking in our closet. And of course, when they came in, we felt better. And after a while, we would fall back asleep. And over time, that fear no longer bothered us. Why do you think that is? A lot of it has to do with the knowledge that we are safe. A lot of it has to do with the repeated behavior of having your parents turn the light on, which then took away from the power of that fear because you knew that when the light was turned off, you were safe. It's the same thing in life. Every new thing that we try is going to cause a form of anxiety. But sometimes that anxiety turns into paralysis. It turns into this fear that just causes us not to be able to make a change at all. You know, sometimes we look around at our life and think, gosh, is this all my life is going to be? And we want to do something more, but for whatever reason, we don't know how, or that fear just really stops us. Many times we don't even know where to start. That's one of the most overwhelming feelings to have is because you have an idea, but what do you do with it? Many well-meaning people will tell you, oh, don't try this or don't do this new venture because they too don't know how to do it. And they're well-meaning, but they cause you to not move forward in your life. And after a while, that mediocrity sets in. And unfortunately, that's what you settle for. The life that you want to create for yourself can be achieved. But the problem is if you don't take a calculated informed risk, then you're never going to make a change at all. 
What do you fear about change? What do you fear about this new thing that you're going to do? Often we think we've identified what that fear is, but the reality is there's an underlying fear that really stops us. And the reason why I say that is this, you can identify a fear right now, but that's not your worst case scenario fear. You really want to look at what is the worst case fear that you really are experiencing, maybe consciously or even subconsciously. Because when you can really shed light on that worst case scenario fear, then you'll be able to do something about it. Just like as a child, when that light was turned on, you no longer feared it anymore. So when you look at this worst case scenario fear, you really want to ask yourself, what is the likelihood that this is going to pass? What is the likelihood that every single decision I'm going to make right this second is going to cause this worst case scenario fear to come to pass? The reality is worst case scenario fears rarely, if ever, come to pass. Remember, you're looking at this new situation with limited understanding, limited knowledge, limited wisdom. You really want to surround yourself with people who are doing what you're doing. Maybe not necessarily the new type of business, but people who've stepped out on their own, who've stepped into that unknown, and they've made a difference in their life. They've changed their life. The more information you have, the less likely this worst case scenario fear is going to bother you. We've all heard it said that knowledge is power. The knowledge you create as you shed that light on that worst case scenario fear is going to diminish it significantly. And pretty soon, it won't even bother you anymore. So my challenge to you today, my friend, is step out into the unknown. Do what your heart has always wanted to do. You're surrounded by so many wonderful, amazing, successful people that are going to help you. You don't have to do this alone. So once again, step into the unknown. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. My guest today is Tim S. Marshall. He is a nationally recognized entrepreneur, a leading corporate coach, a top speaker, and the award-winning author of The Power of Breaking Fear. He is going to be sharing the secrets of his success today. Welcome to my show, Tim. Hey, how are you? Glad to be on your show. Well, thank you. I'm really glad to have you here as well. A quick little aside to my listeners, you don't yet know this, but Tim and I are going to actually do a series of three interviews. These interviews are going to explore Tim's amazing career and the books that he's written. I'll give you some information later on in the episode and let you know where you can hear all three of these interviews. Now back to you, Tim. The person with whom I'm speaking right now is not the person that I originally read about when you were growing up. I know you overcame a lot of adversity, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fears. And once you conquered them, you were really able to step out into the unknown and make a very successful life for yourself. So why don't you start by telling us how you grew up and give us some of the background so we have more of a context of who you are. I was the uh, true poster child of, of being lost in potential. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of uh, social phobia issues. I had panic, I had anxiety, and I thought every single person on the planet was not only smarter than me, but better than me. And um, I had a, a transition when I, I'm originally from Michigan, and my dad and my stepmom moved me down to uh, South Florida when I was 12 years old, and I moved away from my mom. And at that moment in my life, um, things were good, and I looked at Florida in a way where it was like, you know, sunshine, trees, <laughs> and coconuts, and all kinds of wonderful things in Disney World. Um, but I didn't realize 
that I was leaving behind my mom and, and my friends and my support group. Support and, number. um, it really, uh, it was shocking to me. And, and, um, when I moved down, I was 12 years old and I stayed as a 12 years, as a 12 year old, um, for the next eight years, academically, I literally, uh, did not learn anything else. Um, somehow, some way, my high school degree, but I really did not learn anything new. I skipped school, and I really, really had a lot of uh, social uh, issues, mm-hmm. and I, I really didn't know if I was going to make it or not. Yeah. What do you think caused you to, to kind of get stunted at that time? I and mean, of course, being separated from your family and from your family and friends, I mean, that's very devastating. But as you grew up, what do you think were some of the blocks that stopped you from reaching your potential? You know what? I, uh, my parents were divorced when I was three years old and my dad uh, remarried. And I actually embraced living in two different households. And it was good. I played sports. I was in the Cub Scouts. I was in the Boy Scouts. You know, life was great. I lived in a cul-de-sac and um, there's woods behind the house. And it was just, it was kind of like a fairy tale. And, you know, it was, it was, it was wonderful. And what happened was the drastic change just Mm -hmm. stunted me. And one of the biggest things that happens in our lives with a lot of different people is the emotional turmoil when there is a drastic change. And I became aware of it at the age of 20 when I found a little tape in a Ziploc bag in my dad's garage. And I wasn't sure what it was. And then I looked at the words and it was a tape by Earl Nightingale called The Strangest Secret. Hmm. And from that moment on, you know, I listened to the tape and the words said, you become what you think about. That's right. And I changed it up a little bit. And this is where I changed my own journey in my own life. Is I changed the words from not what I think about, but what my actions are. And from that point on, I went through challenge change, doing what I feared, mm-hmm. and seeing social phobia, self-doubts, and anxiety head on for 20-some years. And, gone, and I conquested a lot of different things I never thought I would succeed at. And I took 20-some years worth of notes. So let me ask you this. So you went for 20 years and, you know, being, being struggling with, with life and society and, and just with, with your peer group and all that. And then all of a sudden you find this tape and it literally changes your life. Is that about right? Yep. It changed, okay. It changed my life. That, that's, that's phenomenal. I, I love those serendipitous moments that we have, those times when something literally just <laughs> dropped in our lap. And so with that, how did you then go from struggling so much to all of a sudden finding the courage and the strength to face all those fears and adversity, because that's what I really want my listeners to hear as well as you heard that you recognized what that was, your actions need to, needs to be congruent with, with, with what you believe about yourself. How did you find that 
change or that pivot in your mind? Because I know a lot of my listeners right now are probably like, well, how did he do that? What were the, the steps in his life to be able to conquer that? Well, you know, I, I teach five really, really important principles. And they're in my books, but the, the power of breaking fear really kind of, it defines exactly what somebody needs to do to really challenge themselves and to build power based on certain principles that you build the power back in yourself. So my change was, like I said, when I found that tape, you become what you think about, but I cracked the code. And how I cracked the code was I became what my actions were. So as soon as I identified, which is true self-awareness of what I felt uncomfortable with, Mm -hmm. started to embrace it. And I realized that the more I felt uncomfortable, the more my opportunities were to grow. So I started on a journey of looking looking at what I wanted to be, who I wanted to become, and I hit it head on by the actions, by the activity, by doing research on who I wanted to be. For example, in college, you know, this is where I I had a, a real awakening is I didn't realize I had a seventh grade education when I was 20. You know, I, I found mm-hmm. that if I listened to it and I said, you know what, if I, if I want to make a change, I need to make a change now. And I enrolled into community college and I took, took an aptitude test and it came back, back and they said to me that I have literally a seventh grade education. So it took me two years just to get one college credit. Mm-hmm. But that's all based on activity. You know, that was Yeah, perfect. you wouldn't have known that had you not done it, yeah. And, and I had to go through the pride and the ego. A lot of my friends, you know, they were already graduating. So it was like, here I am, I'm in remedial classes, and I had to do what was uncomfortable, do what I feared, with the fear of the unknown. Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? And I went from remedial math to tutoring and quantitative methods just based on doing what was uncomfortable, taking those small steps. You know, it's, it's right now in today's society, too, and this is one of the things that I really get involved with. Um, and, if we, you know, and I don't like to label anyone. Sure. But right now there's certain generations that are very impatient. And if we say, you know, okay, well, the millennials right now are kind of caught in a, a situation where, you know, they, they visually see certain things on social media and they see people that are successful and they want to be like that, but they're not putting the time and the effort to do the research, to do the due diligence, to exactly. do comfortable. And that's how you succeed and crack the code in life is you want to live outside of your comfort zone, but you also want to have peace, balance, and happiness. But the more positive actions you do and build value in other people, you become that. So, you know, when I did get my college degree, my professor said to me, whatever you do, don't go in the outside sales because you're much too quiet. He knew I had <laughs> anxiety. Sure. And I actually was taken away on a stretcher from one of my college classes because I had a panic attack. Oh, my goodness. I took, many, I took on too many classes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, you know, and it was one of those things that I had to learn how to deal with anxiety. So I did mm-hmm. the research. Yeah. You know, I learned every bit about panic, uh, panic attacks and anxiety to the point that I could help other people. So when I did graduate school and, and his words resonated with me, 
about going into outside sales or outside marketing. Meanwhile, it took me six years to get a degree in outside marketing. Yeah. So here I was at a crossroad. You know, do I listen to what somebody said to me? So I took it head on. I started the prospect. I did what I feared. I built relationships with strangers and I became the number one account manager for a globally recognized company in the world for 12 straight years. That's amazing. You know, I think that's what's so important that we all recognize that many times there's so many pivotal crossroads, you know, proverbial crossroads, if you will, as far as what choices do we make or what decisions do we make? And yes, there are many well-meaning people in our life who give us great advice and information, but sometimes if we follow those rules, if you will, we'll never reach our highest potential. You know, in, in the previous show, I was talking to, to another guest, and I remember I was, when I first started private practice years ago, 12 years ago, uh, this, I was in a group practice for, for a couple months, and I'm thinking, why am I working with the, at this place? Because they're taking like half of my check and all these things. So I decided to leave, and the clinic manager was like, James, you're going to fail it's hard out there and said all these really discouraging things. But in that moment, just like you, I was at a crossroads. Well, what do I do? And so of course I took those words and I thought, you know what? He doesn't know what's in my heart. He does not know who I am and what I'm able to do. So I did it and I had an incredibly successful practice in DC for 12 years. And so I think that's one of the things we all can look at. We all have this, uh, this takeaway or resonate within ourselves is that these crossroads, when we are listening to what other people say, if something feels off in our spirit, in our gut, you really have to listen to that because if you don't, you're going to miss the mark. You're going to miss this beautiful potential that is there for you. But if you don't hear it, unfortunately, many people will then settle for mediocrity or settle for something that is not who they were destined to become. Absolutely. And I think, and, and I'll say this, and I actually, I met with three different individuals over the weekend and one was a professional athlete and one was um, transitioning into another career, and another person is actually going to move to South Korea to, to be a teacher, to teach English. Oh, neat. Yeah, so it was three different conversations, three different stories, all very compelling. Um, but the common denominator with all three of them is, how do you overcome the fear of the unknown? Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, in today's society, like I said, we're a little bit impatient and we can really be anything and do anything we want as long as we do the research and the due diligence behind us. And that's the key. The key is asking other people, you know, how did they do it? Not from Mm -hmm. the very top, but from the ground up. Yeah. You know, there's so many different vehicles right now. You know, we got the internet, you've got books, you've got all kinds of different platforms to utilize and build yourself up. But if you start listening to other people, if you worry too much about, you know, getting likes on social media and Facebook, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, guess what happens? You're giving away the greatest thing that you have, which is your own power. And I think that's one of the things, you know, when it comes back to, you know, people wanting things too quickly, one of the things I really teach is there's two actual components. And this is my methodology. There's the first step, which is information gathering. You have to gather so much information. And then the second step is then 
the action. What do you do with that action? And I think so many times people lump it together. They think, oh, I want to do this. And so they do it without getting that information, without the research, without the knowledge to really see if they should do it. You know, many times people don't realize just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something, especially with the information you have. So I always teach it, the more information you have in the first stage of making any decision or launching any venture is information gathering. And like you said, now in this day and age, there's so much information. I remember when I was in university, we didn't even have, you know, at the very, I think like my last year we had, we had internet, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, how you grew up in school, all those people who didn't have internet when you were growing up, it was so, it was much more difficult to find this research because, you know, you had to go to the library and all these other things. And nowadays, so many people are, have, have the opportunity to, to have all this information in front of them. So, you know, I, I agree with you 100%, the more information you have, the more successful you'll be in anything you do. Absolutely, 100%. And, you know, even with the, the three gentlemen that I met over the weekend with all different compelling stories, mm-hmm. but they're all, each one of them, they're doing the research and they're going to be acting out on what that research is. Yeah. And, the, and, you know, when I wrote the book, The Power of Break and Fear, when I say I took 20 years of notes, I really took 20 years of notes. You know, I have, you know, it's, it's you know, I get a lot of compliments where, you know, somebody, you know, would send me something and say, you know what, I could have gotten rid of 15 years of counseling, you know, Mm -hmm. if I had this book. And it really is one of the most important things that we can do in our life in today's society is make sure that what we see and what we want to be, that there's practice behind it. There's action behind it. There are certain ways that we have to become aware. We have to have an open mind Mm -hmm. to identify what the fears are. And it's the same thing, you know, when I was in New York City, I spoke to some of the media and they, you know, they were asking me and I said, you know, what's, you know, what's the problem with today's, you know, millennials and the generation gaps and, and the social media. And I said, you know what, it's like a Thanksgiving day parade right now where it's like, we see, we see certain floats, but we don't realize that it took years to design those floats. Mm-hmm. It took preparation and plan. So it looks great on the outside, but what the polished it, side of it? <laughs> what does it really take? Mm-hmm. So and it's and it's extremely important. And and one of the biggest things is in, in this book is, you know, I talk about is your delivery. You know, where it's a lost art almost, you know, and and when you deliver a good message, and that's the art of controlling your own words, mm-hmm. you have an 800% chance of succeeding based on if you're going to start a company, based on being successful in sales. I mean, the numbers are staggering. And meanwhile, we're caught up with so much visualization, you know, and, 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 and there's no hit against social media because I think it's extremely important. But when we see something and we visualize it, we see it on a screen, we see it 60,000 times more than actually reading it. So we got to be very careful on what we view, what we see. I mean, it is extremely important. And, you know, in in seven years, 75%, and I don't know, you know, this is going into a millennial conversation a little bit, but 75% of the workforce will be millennials. And what does that mean right now? Mm -hmm. A lot of them are just, they're caught up with debt and the job, the average 10 year right now for, for a young professional is, is right around 16 months. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. It's low. And I didn't realize that. Wow. And if you look at it too, 
their average income is less than the baby boomers 20 years ago. Wow. And the reason for that, that can be discouraging, very discouraging. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's an act of patience. So for companies, they might look at uh, a young professional or anybody that's looking to reboot their life or career and say, you know what, that average 10 year is 16 months or it's less than three years. It cost me $24,000 to hire and let somebody go. Yeah, maybe the onboarding process. A little bit less to make sure I have somebody that stays in the game. Mm-hmm. So there's a real challenge going on right now with our workforce and, and with the patience that people have. That's why I wrote, the, you know, the, I go back to the same thing. The power breaking fear is building yourself up so that you can have your own freedom based on five of the most important principles. And I'll just go quickly and I don't have enough time to go through all the different principles, but it's like your first finger is awareness. The second one is fear. You know, what do you fear? The third one is relationships. And it's not so much about connecting to 200 different people or a thousand or 5,000. What are our true connections that we can utilize? Because right now there's a traffic jam in social media. And I get a lot of people that are just like, I just want to have a conversation with somebody. I want to tell my story. I want to work for a company. And I'm getting pulled into so many different directions from people either recruiting me or saying that I'm not good enough. So building relationships is huge. And I really describe it in the book. And the fourth one is practicing it. Just like you said, you know, you were very successful in what you did in DC. Well, you practiced it, mm-hmm. you know, and now you're at a point in your life where you're, you're teaching it to other people. And, and that's where we're very similar. I'm teaching, you know, 20 some years of what I've done uncomfortable in a way to bridge the gap together, to let people know it's not that hard. Yeah. We all do it. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, you know, I, I love those five categories and I agree with you hundred percent. We all can do it. You know, I was reflecting as you were talking, I was reflecting on what you were saying earlier when you were talking to those three individuals, you know, the fear of the unknown. Well, the reality is somebody out there knows it. So not everything is unknown. <laughs> you just simply have to search for it until yeah. you find the person who knows it. So nothing is really unknown, if you will. There is someone or something out there that can find it. So the more you seek, the more you're going to find it. Yes. And that is a very, very, very good point. And, you know, when I do these seminars or if I'm at a big conference, I always point around and I say, every single person you sit next to, the person in front of you, the person that's sitting behind you, they're all mentors. We can all learn from each other and we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just can make wheel a little bit better and we can save ourselves a lot of time and a lot of headache by just going and learning the basics. Exactly. What I want to tell my listeners real fast, one thing I really like about this book, The Power of Breaking Fear, is it's broken down in such small chunks that, you know, sometimes when we read, um, you know, we read a chapter, like, oh my gosh, this chapter's so long and there's so much content. You know, your book, I really was telling you offline, is I really like how you've written it in the sense of it's broken down into small fragments, not fragments, but small chunks where people can read it, they can really internalize it, they can uh, meditate on it, and then they can put it down. If they want, in the next day or the next hour, whatever, they can read, read more, but it's, it's, broken down into really ways in which people can apply it, understand it, 
and, um, and really assimilate it and practice in their life in that, in that exact moment. So that's a wonderful book. Now, Tim, it's, we're going to have to wrap up here in just a second, but if my listeners want to find out more information about you and all the amazing things you're doing and where they can buy this book, where would they find this information online? They can go on Amazon and it's, it's under the, the power of breaking fear. And they can also go under Tim S Marshall.com. Perfect. So what I'm going to do, Tim, is I'm actually going to put this on my storefront as well. So for those of you who uh, may not remember what it is or were able to find it on Amazon, simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com. And in my store there, you can find Tim's book, The Power of Breaking Fear. Tim, thank you so much for, for being a guest on my show today. I really appreciate it. And I know that my listeners are going to, going to be really inspired by what you taught them today. Yes, there's nothing new under the sun. And there's all this information that people will be able to assimilate and learn and break whatever those thought barriers are in their life. So thank you for being a guest today. Thank you so much, James. And you do such a great job and you give so much. So it's, it's really a pleasure. Thank you. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.